Well, good morning as we joyfully gather on Tuesday of this 28th week of ordinary time. Seasons have changed now, haven't they, quite abruptly here in Coeur d'Alene. And fall is surely upon us, the Christmas of the air, maybe a little rain, leaves changing color quickly. Magnificence of our Lord abounds every day. We have this continued study in Luke and Galatians. We were there last week, we continue this week. Two beautiful teaching moments for us, perhaps. And today they're aligned, as they are so constructed in our lectionary, that the theme, perhaps, uh, one of several we could pick from, but but one we could settle upon, I think, obvious to most, is this notion of the externalities of our faith. Paul, writing to that people of the region of Galatia, is trying to remind them that there was, we know from our earlier studies in Paul's letter to the people in that region of Galatia, modern-day Turkey, central Turkey, there was discord among the newly Christianized because some were still holding to their ancestral and previous practices of the Jewish faith, which had a lot of externality on it. Being people of the law, an outward expression of adherence to the law was very important. That makes, that makes logical sense, that if you are bound and most focused on the adherence to a law, rigorous adherence to a series of laws, in this case, 613 laws, that it was very important to be externally focused in one's expression because it was how I appeared to others that validated my faith. How I appeared to others validated my authenticity in the faith. And there's a conflict because some of the newly Christianized, mostly from the pagan or Gentile world, didn't have that understanding and appreciation of the laws, so they more readily adapted, if you will, this, quote, freedom in Christ, not a freedom of abandon and recklessness where one does whatever they want, no, no, but this notion that, well, I don't need to uh, take so many steps per day or bow so many times or wash my hands in a certain way or most uh, clearly articulated in, in Paul's letter on this day, this notion of being circumcised, a male circumcised on the eighth day. Those are externalities. They, they don't reflect the internal. And it's beautifully matched with our Lord's uh, dialogue with this Pharisee in Luke's telling. Luke and Matthew are very aligned in this dialogue that happens between the Pharisees and Jesus. In Matthew's Gospel, it's chapter 23. In, in Luke's Gospel, here we are in chapter 11. But it's, it's the denunciation of the Pharisees. And here we have this intimate setting. Our Lord has gone to lunch or dinner in the home of his Pharisee. That in itself was interesting, that this Pharisee has called the Lord into his home. But then we're given the impression by our Gospel writer, Luke, that there might have been ulterior motive. We don't know that. We don't know that, but we're told in Luke's capture of detail that he entered and reclined at the table to eat. Our Lord enters and reclines at the table to eat. And the Pharisee was amazed to see that he did not observe the prescribed washing before the meal. Now we're trying to project back in time 2,000 years. Was the Pharisee very attentive to that to see, or did he just, did he just happen to notice that? I, we don't know. Either way, that was really important to the Pharisee that how this man would wash his hands prior to the meal was of importance, perhaps equal of importance or arguably more important than what he was going to say. So this Pharisee is given an example of someone who's very focused on the pecune, on the external, and less focused on the internal, the actuality of our Savior being present in his home 
to teach something of merit. Why else would he have invited him to dinner if he didn't want to hear what he had to say? And the Lord says to him, as Luke captures it, O you Pharisees, although you cleanse the outside of the cup and the dish, inside you are filled with plunder and evil. Tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday, we'll continue in this same chapter 11 of Luke's Gospel. And we hear then the very harsh rebuke of our Lord. Matthew captures it perhaps more emphatically in his 23rd chapter. It's the seven woes. Woe to you, Pharisees. Woe to you, Pharisees. Woe to you, Pharisees. Seven times he calls them out for their false life in the faith. Again, people of the law who'd grown up culturally with a particular focus on the outward expression of the faith, who then held others in judgment. We can imagine these Pharisees, because it's captured in the gospel narratives, how judgmental they were of others. They always had something to say about the other person and how the other person lived out their faith. Well, that's not a real Jew. That person didn't wash their hands the right way. Well, that person talked to a Samaritan, or that person entered the temple in the wrong door, or that person this and that person that. The Pharisees, we can, reman- we can imagine, were just a bunch of hypercritical individuals. And I would challenge that individual, beginning with myself, beginning with myself, that when I'm hypercritical of another in regards to their living out of the faith, I'm wondering if that's expressing some form of insecurity in me. I'm wondering when I'm hypercritical or judgmental of how another exercises their faith, Christianity in this case, I'm wondering if that reveals an insecurity I have. Because the other's practice of the faith, as long as it's not disruptive to a communal, communal gathering, we wouldn't want a person here in the church coming in and doing something erratic and disrespectful. We, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the pecune, the pecune things. We Catholics have some of our own, don't we? We have some of our own external, externalities that we find to be very particular. And we can find ourselves at, in judgment about how that person may or may not be aligning with what I prefer or believe to be true. It may not be the teaching of the church, but I just prefer it. And then I find myself judging that person. I'm wondering if that reveals an insecurity. Like something they do would somehow affect my faith. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't. The other's externality has no bearing on my faith. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. I should be secure in my belief and relationship with our Lord and Savior. I should be secure in my community of faith, the teachings and traditions of the church. Those are the things I should stand on. I shouldn't be too particularly concerned with what someone else expresses in terms of the externalities. Now, if they're teaching something that the church doesn't teach, that's different, isn't it? A person is expressing something the church does not teach, hey, that's, that's to be identified and with compassion addressed, sure. But if a person's external practice of some things in the faith that are not part of the catechism, they're not part of the teaching of the church, or we assume they are, but they may not be, let's be cautious with that because we become very pharisaical. We become very focused on the externalities and we're not focused on the internal. The psalmist so beautifully captures this in Psalm 139, and I'll conclude with that. Psalm 139, such a beautiful psalm, we can go to many, many times, but I I love the last two verses, 23 and 24, verse 23 and 24 of Psalm 139, and maybe that's a good way to begin and end our days each day. The psalmist writes, probe me, God, and know my heart. Try me, 
and know my thoughts. See if there is a wicked path in me and lead me along an ancient path or lead me along the ancient traditions. Lead me along the truth. Probe me, God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there is a wicked path in me and lead me along an ancient path. Amen.